Hold on, I gotta go tell the old lady to keep her voice down. I'm just picking up in my microphone. Hold on. <laughs> hey, Damon, your old lady's talking too loud, huh? <laughs> That's why I've eschewed women entirely, huh? <laughs> eschewed. <laughs> Suddenly, this guy's a, you know, he has a dictionary. Eschewed. He knows that Damon's smart. This is why I've eschewed women for so long. <laughs> I'm married to my job in this helicopter. <laughs> All I care about is flying around your house, huh? I sleep under my desk at TMZ. Yes, welcome to Ear and Loathing. We are the Gitmo Bros, and sometimes we get accused of being too lengthy. <laughs> In the pants. Woo! <laughs> what? Did you just say that? <laughs> yeah, we're the number one rockers forever. Let's explain that in a few minutes. But first, I'm going to say, hey, we are a show that listens to shitty songs, and then we listen to a good song. And we just do shit. That's what we do here at Ear and Loathing. We are the number one rockers forever, the Gitmo Bros. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, hey, Brenda just popped in. Hi, Brenda. <laughs> um, let's see. So first, I want to introduce you to the media darling of Ear and Loathing. Uh, why don't you say hello to the people? Hi, I'm George White, and my love gun's loading, and you're in my sights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course he's calling in from the north star he's my north star he's george's north star and he's also george's love guns north star why don't you say hello Barringa! oh we got a lot of new listeners give you an idea of what i mean cop pulled me over got me out of the car took me out <laughs> checked my license and said hey you one of them gitmo bros i said damn straight slapped him on the ass and went about my day <laughs> Sped away. <laughs> Beep. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Well, look, we love feedback on Ear and Loathing, and occasionally we get a nice little compliment or comment or uh, or message, if you will. We got one today. That let's let's throw this around, you guys, and see what uh, what what what's our pal's name. I did a screenshot. I didn't get his name. Was it Jason or something? Did you guys even see it? I think it was Jason. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Jason. Remember. Jason, he who shall remain anonymous. Jason is Greek for Jesus, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Pump the brakes. Wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, this podcast was recommended by another podcast I listened to. I'm going to assume that's the new abnormal with our pal Andy Levy. Of course. And I was very excited about the premise. So I started from episode one and made it through a few episodes. I love the torture chamber and the sore basic. Now, by the way, we early on were just as critical of our episodes ourselves if you recall we went this whole intro section is fucking boring and we're <laughs> yeah, this is the tightened up version <laughs> yeah we totally tightened it up we didn't hit our stride to the late teens <laughs> <laughs> we learned the true value of milking it <laughs> that's right so uh we've rectified that thing that our pal jason is is commenting on 
He loves the torture chamber and the sorbet segments. He just thinks the total duration of the show is a bit long. He made it through episodes that are around 90 minutes. And then uh, I guess he looked forward into the future of Ear and Loathing and saw that they were two hours and he just can't fit it into his regular podcast rotation. He will listen again if we cut the episode length in half. Well, that's not possible because the three segments that you like are about 30 minutes each. (laughs) So it has to be at least an hour and a half. Well, what I'm hearing here for as Mm -hmm. far as a note is this is bad news for Clem. <laughs> oh, I know. He's the he first He didn't mention the, the Kibitz Corner is something yeah. he likes, so there's only one other segment we do besides the ones he mentioned. So Clem has the gift of gab, and that's the <laughs> probably the first thing to go. I mean, we got to yeah. tighten that up with, with, with Clem, and so he might want to work on his, you know, just sort of like, you know, maybe take a Toastmasters course or something. <laughs> He's verbose. <laughs> tighten it up. So. Yeah. A few thoughts for our pal Jason. One, has anyone ever hit a pause button and kind of come back to it? You can do that, right? If, you know, going and listening a little bit now, a little bit later, isn't in the cards, it can only be because we're just too compelling. Yeah. Remember how they used to say, you know, National Public Radio, NPR, they would call it driveway segments because you had to, you know, you couldn't get out of your car because it was you were so compelled by what you were listening to. <laughs> Couldn't go in your house, right. You gotta stay in yeah, sure. I, I can't that. imagine anything on NPR would make me not want to like go leaping out of my car. <laughs> Are you coming in, Norman? No, I can't. <laughs> the roast, Norman. Are you okay? <laughs> you mean you bring you, you a trying sandwich? to gas yourself? What are you doing out there? <laughs> NPR <laughs> Who are you talking to? <laughs> they said all things considered, and they're still giving me things <laughs> to consider. <laughs> they're doing a Syria chunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real mess over there, honey. We're an oldies on. <laughs> I used to call. <laughs> I used to call Warren only boring only. <laughs> I got a bad case of fucking milk voice over there at the NPR. Yeah, I know. Having a kind of wormy speech impediment is like part of the filter process when they're hiring over there. But anyway, so, okay, if you can't, I believe technology now allows you to pause an episode. And if I'm not mistaken, you can resume the episode later. Okay, if that's not in the cards, I believe... This is probably like, what, 1960s technology? You can fast forward through the parts you don't like. And also, you could uh, put it on fucking two times the speed. High speed, yeah. That way you still get the gags. (laughs) Fast gags. The hot gags. Is there an app that just finds the gags? Hot and fast gags. (laughs) I think that's in aisle five over GI, too. Oh, yeah. Well, that's where the the dick squirt guns are. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But look, Jason was very nice. And, and it was, it was nice cool. of him to, to, yeah. to write some really cool things about us, and we appreciate it. But Jason, come back and just fast forward through the shit you don't like. That's what I do all the time. Well, I'm on the show, and that's how I listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> In pieces. I don't listen to it one time, every time. During the recording of the show, when Aaron and George start sort of pontificating, I get up and walk away and like wash the dishes and stuff and i I time it about 10 15 minutes by the by the time i get back they're wrapping it up you know i don't blame jason but i'm just saying there's there's alternatives to america walked away after like episode two or three but they all came back when you said that damon i just pictured you sitting out in your deck and the and the tmz guys hovering real low in the helicopter and just talking to them (laughs) hey damon getting kind of bored huh yeah tmz guy you know thought i (laughs) Got any extra grenadine, huh? <laughs> grenadine? 
George is talking about the club days again, huh? <laughs> what is it, staunch supporter? No, shady character. All right. Good name, huh? Oh, by the way, this I'm going to take Jason's comment. And I'm going to do to it what I think he should do to our episode, which is you just, you know, skip over the shitty stuff. All right. This podcast was recommended by another podcast I listened to. I was very excited about the premise. So I started from episode one and made it through a few episodes. I love the torture chamber and the sorbet segments. End of quote. Thanks, guys. (laughs) The end. (laughs) So it's possible to just listen to the good stuff. And I think that's what uh, that's what I do with comments. And that's what you should do, Jason, with ear and loathing or don't listen at all. I would be sad to see you go. Also, realize that you were, may have only been listening to the first few episodes. I think we've tightened it up. By the way, we've been talking for about 20 minutes now, and uh, Jason probably just checked out again. We're going to have to lose the sorbet now, Jay Boogie. Good job. Sorry. <laughs> Look, Jason, we try our best, but, you know. So I messed up. Shut up. <laughs> Jason and the Arga knots. Yeah. How about Jason and the Arga? Yes. <laughs> the Arga listens. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Okay, so speaking of uh, Kibitz Corner, and yeah. we talked about him a little earlier. Dude, if you don't want to get cut out of the of the segment, particularly Jason's feed, try to keep it together. Don't get too excited. Don't get mad at Jason. He's just expressing his opinion. He's got the First Amendment on his side, and he was darn nice doing it too. Yeah. So, Clem, give us your thoughts. Just please be kind and please keep it short. Holler. Welcome to Kibitz Corner. Oh, Jesus, button it off, Clem. Just maybe take his oh. mic. Just maybe the banjo's enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, Damon, your pal, is the guy who is in the torture chamber today. And you know what that means? I get to control the Kibitz Corner. Hooray. So. We have to return to a segment that we we do off and on here, but this one is important because we, we have to get our house in order. So here we go. Rockets. 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 All right. This is Rockets, our brackets game. And... If you guys are new listeners, what you don't know is that for the first 16 episodes, we did some head-to-heads with the winners of the Torture Chamber, and then we followed it up with, uh, I guess it would be 17 through 32. And then those two, the two finalists of the Brakits, then went head-to-head, and correct me if I'm wrong, you guys tell me, who's the winner so far of the worst torture song of the first 32 episodes? Madge, wasn't it? I thought it was She Loves My Cock. Yeah, it's She Loves My Cock by Jackal, I believe. Sorry, yeah. 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 Valiant effort by Madge. Yeah, she was a runner there for a while. So put a pin in Jackal because in another, I don't know, maybe eight episodes or something, they're going to go up against the winner of the the next... 64 would be next, 32, yeah, that's right. If my math's correct, the government math. I thought that too, George, but guess what? We didn't have a torture song in the the year-end wrap-up, so it actually would be 65. 65. Yeah. So anyway, it's getting confusing. Who cares? Jason's now really tuning out. But I am going to do uh, 33 through, I guess, 48. Does that sound right? Sure. My brackets are in order, and we are ready to go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay? And you'll never guess, oh, nothing. These are from Department. Yes. Okay. Bullocks. 
First, Bull- first one. Bullocks. <laughs> Buffums. <laughs> Buffums. Zodies. <laughs> Zodies. <laughs> I Magnon. <laughs> I Claudius. <laughs> All right, you guys ready? Yeah. First round. From the, I'm not saying my dad doesn't understand boundaries, but the guy keeps writing creepy songs about me, department. Oh, yeah. We have yeah. Butterfly Kisses versus Papa Wants the Best for You. <laughs> which song is, of these two torture songs, the two winners of their respective episodes, which one is worse? I'll start, Georgie. For me, it's uh, Butterfly Kisses because, well, I mean, especially the way we, we torqued it out. And it got real filthy. Yeah. I like to imagine that that's the way it is and that that was the truth. And I think that <laughs> Danny Aiello just wants to get to the bottom of things. Yeah. Whereas the other guy just wants to get to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I'm gonna go, so I'm going to go with Butterfly, man. There's truth and there's Gitmo truth. That's true. Yeah. And we live in Gitmo truth. So therefore, mm-hmm. we all believe the scenario we created about Bob. What was his name? Carlisle? Carlisle, yeah. yes, sounds yeah. Right. Look, I mean, for the sake of his family, it's Bizarro Bob. How about yeah, that? Right. Like, like our Bob is a nut. All right. Well, Aaron's waited. Now, what does George think? I, you know, I'm gonna go against that. I, I thought that same logic, but then if I'd gone first, I might have said Butterfly Kisses. But I thought a little bit, and if I recall correctly, you said Barb Carlisle was a pretty good guy. And he was sincere about that. And, you know, and Aiello, no one asked him. He's just up in everyone's business. He's up in Madge's business. No one's really asking him. He's got a bickle. He's going around to clubs and busting balls. And no one wanted rocks. that. Yeah, exactly. Busting rocks, in fact. The R&B nightclub. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I, so fuck Danny Aiello. So, yeah, I, I'm saying Aiello's worse. Wow, I get to break the tie. Yeah. Um, George made some compelling points there. I hadn't thought of that angle. And the yeah. daughter of Bob in real life seemed to enjoy the song. And Madge seemed to just sort of like be wildly indifferent or just pissed off at Danny for making it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One assumes because it just got stuffed. It yeah. had no life at all. So yeah. like I have I feel that like her legal team said, No, dude. And they're both Italians. What's with that? What's with the aloe? They're both, I forgot yeah, they're both the, Italians. Chicoli and Aiello. <laughs> <laughs> now here's my counter argument. What were we calling it? The 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 Madge verse or the or the Aiello verse? The, the Papa verse. There was the, the Chicona verse. The Papa verse. That was it. That was it. <laughs> yeah, like both the Madge character and the Danny character were fictional, but we have the real life Bob singing to his real life daughter. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I get more of a giggle out of Danny, and Butterfly Kisses just creeps me out too much. So it's yeah. Butterfly Kisses! Butterfly yeah! Kisses. All right. Ugh. From the Fault in Our Stars department, we have Star Trekkin' versus Stars on 45. Ugh. Two Fuck songs, you. ironically, with no stars attached to them at all. Go ahead, George. Fuck. <laughs> I thought I'd wash my memory of those two, and now it's all coming back. Thanks. <laughs> Of those two, there's really no logic other than I. I remember Star Trek and irritating me more. <laughs> yeah, amen. That fucking thing is the worst. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Star Trek and it is. Yeah, and I don't have an issue with that. At least stars on forty five. They are Beatles songs. I mean, they're horrible yeah. versions, but at least it's Beatles songs. Star Trek and yeah. was like dime store Weird Al song or or yeah. uh, Doctor yeah. Demento. It was just fucking awful. 
you know, our friends over in the UK, get your shit together, please. Yeah. Are we talking about uncle music? And that sounds like it was a bunch of uncles who think they're funny doing something. And yeah. all, they each suck more than the last. Yeah. Really <laughs> dumb. All right. Star Trek and it is. All right. So from the on Christmas, you're either coming or going department. We have Christmas Tree by Lady Gaga and the Christmas mm-hmm. Shoes by New Song. Um, I say it's New Shoes fucking and it's not even close. <laughs> Wait, Billy Ballcap's different. Yeah, right. Because yeah, no, it's that's him. Oh, that's that's new shoes is Billy Ballcap. Because with Gaga was at least raging with fucking ecstasy. Yeah, Ballcap's way worse. Agreed. Yeah, right. I could put on that other one if I was fucking dosed out of my brain, but the <laughs> other one, you know, is just no go. Yeah, yeah I can't no. argue with that. Yeah. No. Okay, from the dirt nap department, featuring a dead girlfriend and a soon-to-be-dead Santa Claus. <laughs> We have You're All I Need by Motley Crue versus Santa Claus Has Got the AIDS This Year oh. by Tiny Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. We throw them both in the same bucket. Yeah, um, this is a, this is a tough one. Ugh. I don't know. I, I don't know. Tiny Tim's is so <laughs> weird. I mean. I don't like him fucking around with AIDS. It's gross. Right? More I mean spirited. Mean, yeah, or, exactly. Uh, to say that, but I mean, I don't think. I think Nikki thought he was doing something good, you know, or trying to make a point where just Tiny Tim was just being. It's two. It's two little kids going tee hee hee and being outrageous, but you fucking don't fuck around with AIDS, dude. That's it's fucking yeah, and especially he lied about not knowing what AIDS was. Yeah, the candy thing. I forgot all that with candy. Yeah. Oh, it was the diet candy. It's like no, fuck you. Shut up. Fuck him. And by the way, AIDS candy is spelled different than the disease. Right. And so I'm sure he didn't spell it with the A-Y-D-S. So anyway, okay, so I think we're all in agreement that fuck yeah. Tiny Tim and Santa Claus got the AIDS this year. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. All right. From the actual animals who lack cognitive thinking skills and opposable thumbs could write better songs department, <laughs> Discorilla versus Dog Police. Oh. <laughs> I, for me, that one's easy. George, you want to go? Uh, I, I, I think dog police is worse than Disco Rilla. <laughs> See, I disagree. I say, I, I think uh. that Disco Rilla is fucking atrocious. Whereas the other one, musically, if you took dog police out of it, it sounds like a shitty Oingo Boingo B-side. Oh, yeah. So musically, it's more interesting. And dog police, is, or the, the other one, the Disco Rilla. one, is garbage. Garbage across mm. the board. Interested in your thoughts, Damon, because he makes a good point, but... Are you keeping your vote? George? Yeah, yeah. Discorilla's like kind of not part of my childhood, but I just see it as not as that dog police really got in my head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Well, I'm trying to think about like, you know, intentionality. Is that a word? Intentionality? Now it, it is. is. Now. It is now. Fuck <laughs> Get yeah. more Get math. TM over here. That's right. Rick Dees was just a douche that you expect him to be a douche because he'd already yeah. done the, the douchey duck song. Yeah. And then these guys thought they were funny and clever, the dog police idiots. And and they were so fucking annoying in that video. And they had beards in a new wave band. Can't yeah, you? right. <laughs> Come on, dude. Band, right. Yeah. They look like the, you know, like the third keyboardist for Three Dog Night, you know. <laughs> Didn't they they reminded me of isn't there a guy in Night Ranger who had a, like a neatly trimmed beard? Yeah, and he looked like a helicopter pilot. <laughs> He's a keyboard player. Yeah. They all yeah. look like him. Yeah. yeah. Right. So Rick Dees is a douche, but these guys were bigger douches and just like annoying. So I'm going with Dog Police is the worst song. Oh, oh. Oh. No. <laughs> all right. 
From the Inappropriate Appropriation Department, Just Like a Negro versus Reggae Strut. <laughs> That's easy. It's fucking way easy for me. Uh, All right, you I'll, go. Yeah. I'll start? Okay, it's yeah. uh, it's the uh, jackal thing. I, I can't even say it. I can't even say the, the name of it. It's, <laughs> Don't it's even such an it. upsetting, garbage, awful thing. It's just, it's so bad and awful. The uh, I think it's way worse. It is, yeah. I, that reggae strut also really got in my head, Aaron. You really did a number. Yeah, but <laughs> it's Neil. It's Neil who's making a mistake. I know. You know? I, but you're right. It's, it's, it, I, he was, it's, there's something that's sort of playful about it. And, yeah. You know, yeah. I know the Jackal and Run DMC was trying to be, but yeah, Jackal's worse. Yeah. Where would have you gone with that, David? Um, well, Neil should know better. Like Jackal are, are incapable of making good decisions, you know. Seems, yeah. <laughs> so I I just feel like Neil, you know, someone in that whole production process should have just put the brakes on. An adult needed to show up. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I don't expect a lot from Jackal, but I I really was let down by Neil. <laughs> Maybe let it do reggae strut. Yeah. Don't come on. Don't. <laughs> I I feel like Jackal is just going to go stampeding through this brakits. Just like they did the last couple. <laughs> and I would like to mix it up a little bit, but we might end up like with a jackal versus jackal. Jackal v. Jackal. Jackal is like the agent. It's like a jackal's the agent orange of this podcast. It decimates everything. JVJ. <laughs> All right. So jackal it is, just like a Negro. And then we've got um, the next one, which is from the biblical hoo-ha department. <laughs> this too shall pass versus hire by Creed. Oh, so this two shall pass is, is Mike Love. Mike Love. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, what is that? Did I miss something? Oh, yeah. my oh God. that thing. Yeah. Oh, no, that. Right. Oh, God. We forgot that, that one. one. That one Who that did one's... that? Was that you, Aaron? That's me. I did both of them. Uh, for me, for me, this one's easy. Uh, go ahead, Georgie. Uh, what, it's Mike Love against who? I'm sorry. I'm so Creed. Creed. Higher. Higher. Oh, fuck. Yeah. No, no, Mike Love. Mike Love. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 Creed's a song, at least, uh, you know, like a. Yeah. yeah. Sold yeah. 50 million copies or what, you know. They actually spent some time to record the song professionally. Exactly in a studio. Like, <laughs> Mike Love had nothing but fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> and a hat that says oh. love on it or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And also, I'm pretty sure that the singer, Scott, what's his name? Scott Stapp. Scott Stapp wasn't wearing a Native American comforter while he recorded higher. <laughs> An awful thick brown shirt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, weirdo. It's like a rodeo shirt, but without any of the rodeo. Fun flourishes in here, right? Yeah. It was like the thickness of those those suits that people wear who are training attack dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it, had like, it had like a Brillo pad on the skin side. <laughs> are so itchy and painful. Hey, someone get my Brillo suit. I want to record. <laughs> I'm Mike Love. <sighs> I want to teach self-defense and then record a song. <laughs> Mike Love is a monster. <laughs> For real. Uh, all right. So, and our final category, from the great American pastimes like baseball and seditious conspiracy department. Oh, <laughs> we have talking baseball by Terry, whatever the hell his name is. Now I forgot. Cashman, Cashman. or you called right. him on the show. It's, I still laugh at this. Damon goes, "Superstar Terry Cashman." 
<laughs> what was the other one? Conspiracy uh, what? Justice for All by Trump and the J6 Choir. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I mean, how could you compare? Like, one, one is totally annoying, but kind of, I don't know, there's a sweetness somehow in there that, like, a guy can't get enough of baseball. It's like Monster Mash. The guy loves it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Whereas the other guy is a true monster. You're not going to yell at your you know, senile grandfather for telling exactly, the same exactly. story like, oh. from where he he met a dog and then the dog jumped up on him and then he took it home and it became his pet. You know, <laughs> I, Grandpa, you've told that story like 17 times. Did I tell you about Plazuski playing second base? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking amazing. Jesus. Oh, you play, oh, your friend's stickball scooter. And yeah, uh-huh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, it's it's true. I just yeah. that, that baseball song really got in my head. Just like reggae strut, it's just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For George, Neil's still strutting. Yeah, he yeah. is. Yeah, right through my fucking head. Now he has a bat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very good. Well, we got through the whole first round. Now let's do some face-offs, shall we? Mm. We have butterfly kisses versus Star Trek in. Easy for me, Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I say I agree. I agree because the other one is sort of a pleasant. I mean, you know, you could. It's not. It's not hard. It's not ugly to listen to. The other <laughs> one's ugly to listen to. I probably would have disagreed with you guys, but hmm. what? What can I say? I'm, I'm outnumbered here. Hmm. All right, next one. Christmas shoes versus Santa Claus has got the AIDS this year. Two Yuletide tracks. Hmm. Oh boy. Head to head well, Christmas. Yeah. You go, Aaron. Well, I think it's it's Tim. Tiny Tim is grosser. I mean, just because of what he's saying, like it's so not funny. And it's it's vulgar, and like I'm fairly easygoing. <laughs> yeah, you're vulgar. Yeah, and that weird Casio in it. That weird Casio. Yeah, kinda it just makes it weirder. It's, it feels like yeah. it's just like a racist relative of yours who's just sitting, or, you know, racist bigot weirdo, <laughs> and he's just sitting there saying that, and you're like, oh my god, thank god no one's recording this. I've got a Christmas song. Everyone into the parlor. <laughs> All right, so you guys are both going for Santa Claus has got the AIDS this year? Yeah. 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 Uh, you know what? I might have gone with Christmas shoes just because that's another reprehensible message. It is about- fucked up. Yeah. You're right. He's it's emotionally vulgar. He's emotionally yeah. vulgar yeah. And, and a liar. And Yeah, he learned the spirit of Christmas by, you know, plunking down like $47 for, for an orphan. But he made the kid yeah, work for it. fucking beard, too. That fucking beard, remember? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the blue cap on Christmas. <laughs> Nothing says Christmas like a navy blue cap. Yeah, like a generic blue cap. It made of jeans, like a jean cap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's made out of the inside of Mike Love's shirt. <laughs> it's the other side of the Brillo pad. <laughs> yes. Okay, so you guys are going with Santa Claus and AIDS. Yes. Yeah. All right, next one. Dog police versus just like a Negro. Uh, I'm going for the same reason I did before, where like if you took the vocals away, it's an interesting new wave song, kinda, sorta, in a way. So I would say that the other one that I, the one that I can't even name, shan't be played. Shan't be played. It's far uglier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree too. Jackal. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There goes Jackal. Yeah, here they come, storm trooping through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally, for this category. This too shall pass, Mike Love versus Trump and the gang and Justice for All. Well, they're they're perfect bedfellows for each other, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, go, George. That's a t- that's a tough one. I it is. 
I'm voting for Mike Love again. That really fucking, I don't care about the Trump part. I don't. <laughs> you know I'm, what? Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Uh, I, I feel the same way. <laughs> like, I, I like to pretend that that Trump thing doesn't even exist. It's just so asinine. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Mike Love is worse. <laughs> Well, for all of Trump's bullshit, there's there's a chance we're going to see some sort of comeuppance. That's right. But Mike just carries on with no consequences whatsoever. Yeah, despite what his cousin wants and what everybody else wants in the universe, he's going to keep he's going to keep playing Morongo. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where he got the the bedspread for his shirt. He you know was, was at, at Morongo Casino. Yeah, the thing that you rip off immediately and throw it out on the balcony when right, you yeah. it He's wearing it. It's just a it's just a shitty chair. From the, from like from like the bar, and he just took the whole cover off and made it. <laughs> it's my recording shirt. <laughs> He's rich enough; he can go. Hey, I like that pattern right there. Somebody make me one of those. <laughs> he snaps his finger, and it shows up the next yeah. day. All the wavy lines in the circles. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Add some more wavy lines. You're great in this, Mike. People are going to love you. <laughs> Shut up. Mike, are you going to use this shirt to walk on the sun? <laughs> it looks like one of those guys would wear it to take a picture of a volcano. <laughs> right, yeah. Are you being lowered into a war zone or something? <laughs> All right, coming down the, the home stretch here. A couple more face-offs. We have Star Trekkin versus Santa Claus and his aides. Ugh. And I think A Dog starts this one, right? Yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. a that's a shot to the keister right there. That, that, that <laughs> it is. Duo. It is. It's a double fist to the keister. Uh, so it's Santa Claus and it's uh, what now? Uh, Star Trekkin. Uh, Santa Claus and the aides. Worse. I'm sticking with Star Trekkin. I'm sticking Whoa. with Star Trekkin. Hey, you I have to it. decide here. Yeah. Tiny Tim is mentally challenged, and those I, I'm pretty sure the guys who did Star Trek in they they thought they were super funny. They they have their wits about them. By the way, right. ironically using the word wit, wit. Yeah. describing yeah. the song, but they seem like they're just kind of normal dummies trying to create a, a song. So I blame them more. Like that Tiny Tim was really touched, fellow. You know, right. <laughs> And we need to teach the the Brits a lesson about some of these fucking novelty songs that they <laughs> that they celebrate. You know, come on, knock it off. You listening, pickles? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking redcoats. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> All right, Star Trek and wins. Okay. Okay. Fair. That's fair. Just like a Negro versus this two shall pass. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, go, Georgie. I'm riding with love. I'm riding with love. Whoa. I just don't want to see them win again. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Me too. Because it's like, he's just so easy. He's just so easy to hate. And, and the other one has uh, DMC in the act who's yeah. given me joy at once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, as I said earlier, the guys in Jackal have no ability to kind of rise above the, the, the swamp that they're in. Right. So it's just sort of expected that a, a stupid song. They've monetized the swamp. They think it's, you know. <laughs> yeah, the only reason Mike Love has given me joy is by the company he's kept. Yeah. Over the years. And I like those guys, but not right. him. If he just like slips into the into the chorus of Beach Boy singers and, you mm -hmm. know, doesn't bring attention to himself, we're okay with him. Yeah. Take that stupid hat off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this two shall pass wins. You know what? We're going to determine a winner. You guys ready? Yeah. Star Trekkin versus this two shall pass. <laughs> Jesus. 
yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with the with the guy who brung me, Mike. Yeah. Mike's wife. Mike I'm staying on the love train, baby. Whoa, we have a winner. It's <laughs> awful. It's just awful. <laughs> yeah, Star Trek, and I mean they, I don't, you know, they were again. They made an effort. They try. They really worked on that at least. You know. <laughs> yeah, it was an attempt at comedy. Yeah, I mean, someone thought that was funny then. I can't imagine this Tuchel Past could did any good for anyone. It was a hit. A bunch of, <laughs> no. like, sort of uninteresting British kids thought it was a funny song, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Mike Love's the only artist to not get a Gitmo bump, because no one wanted to go look at it. <laughs> Is that their worst episode? <laughs> and, you know, like you said, the, the guys from Star Trek, and they were attempting humor. All Mike Love wanted to do was to kind of lecture us. Yeah, he couldn't ride. He was so upset that he couldn't ride like, come on, let's go out and party hard enough because he had to watch it a little bit. And then nor could he ask us to be safe with any kind of conviction. It was a a complete limp-wristed fuckhole (laughs) in both ways. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm also recalling John Stamos with his cardboard, you know, kind of like... First grade class project. Oh, I forgot that. <laughs> he like he pays nurses are great or yeah, whatever, or help yeah. nurses or something. <laughs> and he also threw in like a America's number one kind of that's thing. That's how we roll. Like, leaping off. Yeah, America, that's how we were like jumping off his drum set towards the camera. It was just a fucking travesty. <laughs> yeah. It's awful. I have no problem with this with uh this two shall pass winning. <laughs> I'm on board. That's right. <laughs> He's slow hand without the guitar. <laughs> now, I appreciate your participation, Gitmos, and uh, I think we did some good work here today. We did. We totally did. We got answers. Yeah. How do you feel about <laughs> it answer-wise? Well, I was wondering if we were able to get through there. I was wondering if Jackal was going to just, you know, run the table again. Yeah. But I now feel like... I have my answer. I have my answer. <laughs> We arrived at our answer just like the person getting out of the cab next to Michael Caine arrived at their destination. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I've been uh, fucking around enough here. I know where I have to go. I got a cute segment, Damon. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And now let's do part two. (laughs) Now, 48 through. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Do one of you guys want to pick up the... uh, the next one, or do you want me to do the next one when the time comes? Because George did both of them last time, or I think you did. Maybe I did. Yeah, I don't. Remember, I did the but... first one for sure. Yeah, I feel like mm. you kind of handed the baton to me and Aaron to do the next one. So if Aaron wants to do the next uh, face-off of torture songs, it's up to you. You can let me know. That was brutal too. I handed you the baton and you shoved it up my ass. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, uh, down I go. Yep. Torture chain. Okay, I'm not gonna bullshit you, okay? I don't really give a good fuck what you know or don't know. But I'm gonna torture you anyway. Suffering. Anguish. Pain. Torture. Alright, well, let's see. Um, on our last episode, there was no guess. It was just the three Gitmo bros, and uh, Aaron was being tortured. And uh, I think I went first with uh, Roger Waters. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. That does sound right. Which means that I guess who went second? George went second. Yeah. That means George goes first today. Does that make sense? 
Jorge Good Blanco math. primero. It's good. Jorge Blanco primero. It's <laughs> correct. Correcto. <laughs> okay. So, um, George, would you want to walk us up here? More like throw up, but... Uh, <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, this one comes from a department. Um, <laughs> a, wow, I didn't know they did this. Really? Um, and in that department, uh, that file cabinet was already full or at least had two files in it, which were uh, Don't Drive Drunk and The Accidental Racist were already in there. <laughs> and this the song is comes under a similar yeah, similar it's, celebrity. It um, slots in nicely. Slots in nicely there. So, um, yeah, I'm going to do some background on this because you guys aren't, aren't going to know what this is. So in 2019, you guys familiar with the, um, you know, the funny rapper Little Dicky? No. You don't know who that is? No. Okay, I... so there's, are you familiar with the show called, there's a comedy show called Dave that's on FX? Hey, George, I, I'm wondering if he's if he's familiar with the legal practice because one big Dicky Bingo is going yeah, to sue Sweet, his ass. sweet Dicky. Yeah. I'm speed ass. dialing uh, Saul Ginger Breadman. Saul Ginger Breadman. Yeah. He, no, he, he has a bat phone. It goes off here. He knows. <laughs> but so you guys are unfamiliar with who Little Dicky is. I totally 100 percent yeah at all okay all right so little dicky is a guy named dave bird who is a like funny jewish rapper i guess is the bet and it's comedy rap and he became popular on youtube when he did a song called um save that money and you know instead of like get that money and he went around to like big houses knocking the door and saying hey I want to shoot my video and not spend any money. Can I do that? And can I borrow your Lamborghini? And anyway, he became huge where everybody loved him. And I think the biggest thing about him is he's man- managed by Scooter Braun. Do you know who that is? Yeah, he's the uh, uh, he's always buying people's masters. And he was Justin Bieber's manager. Yes, he still he, is. He, he is still is. And, that, and that's Scooter Braun is sort of the, the this generation's Irving Azoff, if you will. Right. <laughs> Right. Quick question, George. Was mm-hmm. he the same scooter from Terry Cashman's Talking Baseball? <laughs> he, he's related to that scooter yeah. <laughs> and really good at stickball. <laughs> Klazuski. But so this guy, Dave Bird, um, who is – he also, from all this, um, was able to get a TV show on FX, um, which – is kind of funny. There's he's it's produced by uh, Jeff Schaefer, who also uh, does Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry and and Dave's kind of a it's his adventures in the music industry, and it's kind of he's sort of this generation's Larry David, similar to the way they do Curb Your Enthusiasm, where he plays himself and he's just sort of a freak. Anyway, the point of it is that. He became popular enough that in 2019, he decided to um, give us a little education on the environment with the help of his best pal, Leonardo DiCaprio, and a cast of, must be 40, celebrities. And this song is called Earth, and it is just a, it's a, you'll see how much it's like we are the world in just a minute, um, uh, to raise money and awareness about the planet. And this actually happened, and- Money for who? For the Earth to save no, the Earth. No, I get that, but like, what's going to go into the Earth's bank account over the Bank of Hoven? <laughs> well, yeah, I did find out that the Bank of Hoven. <laughs> that's a deep pull, Aaron. I love that. Um, the uh, I did find out that so so Leonardo DiCaprio. I also did not know he's very in, has a lot of foundations, and this is his cause. I didn't know that, and so mm-hmm. um, 
they did say that it, a year later they had raised eight hundred or eight hundred thousand dollars that had been given to various charities for this song. <laughs> and um, so I'm going to send you guys the lyrics in just right now. Um, their lyrics are away for you guys because you're going to need to keep up with. There's so many people in this um, that uh, you're going to need to know who's who. And Damon, I'm going to ask you to to um, the video you have there because the video is a big part of this. Um, I'm just going to okay. tell you, everybody, all, all these people, the video's animated, and all these people are playing animals. Oh, God. In, in the video. And it's animation, and it's very expensive, and it is so tone deaf and so terrible. Um, I'm going to take a wild guess and just think that, they, you know, if, if the animation is truly that, you know, that advanced... Yeah. It probably cost more than $800,000 that they extracted out of YouTube viewers. I like, would think. DiCaprio, fucking cut a check. When you see all these people in this video. I mean, they all could have written a check for $20,000 and we've been done with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't fucking get this shit. I mean, this this has, you know, the, the Hollywood kids choir, let every day be Earth Day written all over it. It, it is. <laughs> it's, it's, I forgot about that. Oh my God. Yeah. That should have yeah. been in the fucking sweepstakes there. <laughs> it's in the same drawer. You you just didn't see it. I didn't see that one. That's, yeah, it's yeah. very similar to that. So, um, also, I'm going to ask you in the video there, because it's so self-indulgent that the you're going to need to go to about a minute 30 seconds in, because the first minute 30 seconds is a indulgent thing where little Dicky is walking down the street, and some kids make fun of him, and they spill garbage, and they fight in a little bit, and then a kid picks up a book out of the garbage, and then the song starts. So, start in about 1.30 is where you want to start, okay. where the song actually starts. And just listen to this. It's just, I know it was a long explanation, but it's just because you guys don't know anything about it, which should tell you something about this to start with. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's called a walk-up. Well, I'm okay with that. Yeah. yeah. This guy already sounds like he, he thinks he's super funny, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think to a certain generation of people he is because this show's right. huge. I watched a clip today, like, Brad Pitt guest starred on it. Like, it's... It, Everyone's on the show and knows who he is. And all right, well, I'm going to be the judge of whether he's funny or not. Oh yeah, I know what you're going to say too. Okay, <laughs> the Gitmos are are going to lay down the law here. Yeah. All right, here we go. Probably got to skip the ad and then the commercial. I mean, then the one thirty. Millions in California yeah. are dealing with the dangers of extreme heat oh, no, this and is rapidly it. spreading wildfires. Oh, this is it. Yes, yeah, in downtown it. Los Angeles. Yeah, this is like the intro of of You're All I Need. There's like news reports and shit. Oh, it's Remember a minute 30 if it's a whole other video before the animation starts. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Going to going to 130. What up, world? It's your boy. Just one of the guys down here. Well, I could be more specific. Uh, I'm a human. And I uh, just wanted to, you know, for the sake of all of us, Earthlings out there. Did, did he prepare anything for this? No, this is what he does. This is his style. He just talks <laughs> like he doesn't have anything to say? Some, then he'll break into rhyme sometimes, too, yes. Yeah. He says, what's up, world? It's your boy, just one of the guys down here. What's up? What's up there? Yeah. Like, so, like, he's talking, is he talking to the Lord or the, or the world? I, maybe it's because he's down in the torture chamber with me? He loves the Earth, uh, okay? <laughs> okay, it still doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I get the feeling that I probably shouldn't pick each line apart. In this one. <laughs> no, there's a lot of lines. Long it's way a, to go. Yeah, it's, I mean, even if you shave off the, the 130, it's still it's, like five and a half minute song. Yeah. It looks like. 
Good Christ. <laughs> there's so, and there's is Richard so many, Harris in it? And Almost, yes. There's so many guests that we have to, mm. we're going to have to All hear right. the whole thing. All right, let's, let's run them down. Here we go. Okay. Just wanted to say. We love the Earth. It is our planet. We love the Earth. It is our home. Yeah, this animation is, is sort of crazy. I mean. It's expensive. It's from the guys yeah. that did like Over the Hedge. and Yeah. Yeah. It's the kind of pressure you put on someone if you're, say, Leonardo DiCaprio or Scooter Braun. Um, by the way, I don't know if you... I didn't notice it right away, but then they pointed out that they called it an interpolation of... That's, that is that is We Are the World, that chorus. That melody is... It's his interpretation of it. He didn't even bother to think of his own hook. He just yeah. took We Are the World. Hmm. <laughs> he can have it. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't, by my point, he didn't... It's shitty, and he didn't even bother to think right. of his own hook. <laughs> Uh, Keep going. We love the Earth. It is our planet. We love the Earth. It is our home. Hi, I'm a baboon. I'm like a man, just less advanced, and my anus is huge. <laughs> okay. Did you get that? Yeah, it's 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 Justin Bieber as, as a, a baboon. baboon. And he's showing his ass, and he's and he said, "My anus is huge." Yeah, okay. which is a good message to start off with. You know, with this serious song, this raising money for the earth. <laughs> I'm going to come out of the box early and say this guy's not funny. <laughs> I mean, it's a, a an asshole joke. Like, let the masters of asshole jokes and butthole jokes handle it. Like the Gitmos, for instance. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and is it the anus that's truly the huge thing? Yeah. On the baboon's ass. I don't. I don't mean to be fucking Diane Fossey. <laughs> well, and also, and also in the video, Damon can attest. Um, also, when he he he, the baboon animated baboon points his ass towards the camera, mm-hmm. and then the camera flies up his asshole to, to as a transition to the next shot. Oh boy, it's <laughs> great! It's awesome. That's funny. See, <laughs> I think like one three-hour session of of DiCaprio on his pussy posse yacht could have saved like an entire rainforest. You know, <laughs> they let this roll a little bit. And if you want to say who's who here, it's Ariana Grande, Halsey, Zach Brown, and Brandon Yuri are the next four people. And I only, I barely know who any of those people are. <laughs> All right. Hey, I'm a zebra. No one knows what I do, but I look pretty cool in my white or black. <laughs> okay, that's profound, you know. They're pointing out something that no one ever knew in the history of zebras, that they have black and white stripes. Well, and people do know what zebras do. Tune into some Wild Kingdom, my friend. There's been lots of studies on zebras. We know what they do. Why is that a joke, though? Am I, <laughs> I don't know. white or black? God. All right. Keep going. Shh, fuck off. Have you ever written songs when you were a kid? Like the, I know. And, and just you just these, sing funny words, you know? Yeah, because like, you're not allowed to say tits when you're in fifth anus. grade. But you, you, you're on the playground, you make up stupid songs like this? Uh-huh. Oh, fuck these guys. If he called me, I would just go, okay, what's well, the real song? <laughs> you know, like, are you got to be fucking kidding me. How much can I pay your cause to make you get the fuck off my phone?
Would you be billed as Lil Damon? <laughs> Foxy Damon? Foxy George, Lil Damon. Lil Damon. And Eric. <laughs> and, and a guy named Eric. Mm. God damn it. Okay. My rap name is DJ Hung. There you go. <laughs> funny. That's funny. Thank you. It's it's better than this. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> All right. We still have a lot to get through here. Yep. I'm a fat fucking pig. I'm a common fungus. I'm a disgruntled skunk. Shoot you out my butthole. I'm a marijuana plant. <laughs> I can get you fucked up. And I'm Kanye West. We love these. Okay. Stop there. They couldn't get Kanye West, so Kevin Hart did that part. <laughs> Thank yeah, God. Another screamer. That guy makes me guffaw. Kevin Hart. So, I just like Wiz Khalifa's the best. I'm a disgruntled skunk. Shoot you out of my butthole. Is he talking about <laughs> his spray? Like, why is he saying yes, shoot yes. you out my butthole? I don't know. I think shoot you like I'm going to shoot you out of my butthole. Oh. And it's just another thing where they want to say butthole. I'm not even sure that does that even does the shoot does it even come in it's a gland near their butthole maybe not I don't know but it, they just want to say butthole I think so hmm. and and haha you get it that Snoop Snoop dogs the marijuana plant yeah <laughs> oh, get it boy. he smokes weed <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys knew that about him <laughs> um I suspected but I now I know for sure this yeah, confirms nice. it okay yeah. all right so now we're in this 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 ripoff chorus here we go yep. I like the Hollywood Kids song better. I know. I mean, the chorus doesn't even go anywhere. Like, what? without a doubt, yeah. That it's it's a decent uh, it's a decent song compared to this. Yeah, I never thought I'd say say it. I was deeply affected <laughs> with rage by yeah. the the kids in the big shirts. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, this is way worse. The long shirt crew, because those guys. I mean, because again, those kids. Or somebody, the organizers were trying to be earnest. The kids were trying to get out of the room, but like <laughs> yeah. earnest is 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 one thing, and caring is is one thing. But like this is this is trying to be, uh, you know, I, I can't even I can't even get it together to be angry at this. So <laughs> and that fucking fucking effect on the voice is Jesus Christ! Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it's fingernails on a fucking blackboard, dude. Mm. Yeah, do any of you sing for real ever? Here comes Adam Levine. He's next. Yeah, he's a good singer, <laughs> but he's probably got the same fucking auto tune on his voice. I'm just a giraffe. He had to, he had to fucking hammer that line in there. Hey, did you see that that uh, that uh, see rhinos have horn, so they're horny. <laughs> Horny as heck. Oh, because that's rhyme with neck. Oh my! This is a this is a fucking. This is making me angry. <laughs> totally. All there's a lot of talented people on this list. A lot of untalented, but like some of these people are real artists, and they, they fucking showed up for this. You have to when Leo calls. You have to. This was pre-COVID. No. It's 2019, so yeah, yeah. I think it's April of 19 is when okay, this. Okay, yeah. so they didn't have an excuse to like, well, we were all stuck in our houses and we, you know, we didn't have anything else to do, so we just made this. This they had no reason to do this. Did this come out at the same time as "Don't Look Up"? Was it in 19, 2019? Yeah, was that, that was just the Drake song, right? No, no, "Don't Look Up" was the movie about 
the end of the earth that Leonardo was in. Oh, right. I forgot that. That gets Adam McKay. Right. Yeah. I forgot yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know. And don't like, didn't mention anything about that. Like it was, you know, in trying just to, trying to talk it. about something else. Really? <laughs> you guys want to talk about Terry Cashman? Aaron scrolling through Netflix menu. How about Mike Love? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Keep going. Roll it. Oh. Miley Cyrus is next. Oh God. Yeah, I like Sia. I that bums me out that she's in this. This is intolerable. <laughs> How much more of this do we have to listen to? This is this is unbelievable. George, I'm telling you. I'm begging you. I will I will give up. Concede. You can have the win. Okay. If can, you just let can, me win with right, more we, of my can, life. Can, back. can we read through some of the can we read through some of the comments? Why? So, some of the lines. Is that what's gonna be funny? It, we know that it's stupid. Well, I want just one thing I want to point out to you. We don't have to listen to it. But okay, if you look down in the, the little dicky Little Dicky part where he says, I'm a man, hello, can you hear me? That part. Okay? Yeah, I see that. Okay. Um, and I want you to go about three-quarter of the way down where he says, I'm going to quote here if you guys look, uh, Fellas, don't you love to come when you have sex, eh? And I heard women orgasms are better than dicks. <laughs> Fucking mensas. <laughs> I, that's what I said. It's it's from the department. God damn it! They re- I can't believe they really did this. Yeah. Well, like I don't understand this guy at all. Like he, there's zero humor in any of this stuff. Right. Well, he's he's a comedian. He's a comedic rapper. That's what he. That's what. He that's does. what it says on his business card. Doesn't mean it doesn't make it true. Yeah. <laughs> One of the job requirements of being a comedian is like some sort of humor. Right. Um, I want to read a thing from a, 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 one of the re- reviews of it, um, which I like this particularly. It said, this terrible song has this very specific can quality to it as if everyone was committed, was committing to this half, to this half baked bit under threat of blackmail. It, so- <laughs> it sounds less like a charity single and more like the theme to a down market Disney clone made explicitly to launder money for an offshore criminal enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, exactly. that's good writing yeah right which i which i but i think what he's alluding to is some of the stuff like like i, I think he's alluding to both scooter braun and leonardo there a little bit you know with because i i feel like when those two guys call you especially when your manager calls he's the biggest manager in the world and you know and he tells you because he manages almost all these people in this and including little dicky and when he calls and and leo calls I don't think you can tell them no. I'm sure nobody wanted, when they looked at this, I'm sure they went, no, 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 no. I don't want to do this. What you're selflessly leaving out, what you're omitting, George, yeah. is that the Gitmos said no. The Gitmos, <laughs> yeah, they, we said no. Um, yeah. Oh, I want to point out one more thing. If you go to the ending, um, where it's Leo's part, um, where it says, guys, everybody, everybody look into whatever the fuck Leonardo DiCaprio is always pushing because I feel like that guy knows more about the earth and what we're fucking up to than anybody. That's little Dicky. At the end of the video, it goes to, the, to this animation of Leo on the deck of the Titanic. And then um, little Dicky's talking to him and he says that at the end. And then Leo says, this might be my favorite song ever. It's awesome. Yeah. 
And then the Backstreet Boys finish out with the chorus. <laughs> I don't wow. get this. I, I, I'm, I'm just confounded. I can't believe I fixed my Zoom for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I just, I just uh, deleted my Zoom app. Whoops. Whoops, sorry guys, I gotta go. Maybe we should reschedule. <laughs> I, went, I just I just read a headline of something else. I just I downloaded one of the other the reviews in the headline. This the headline is not even reviewed. It says Lil Dicky drops a generic, soulless, laughless, overblown pile of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Which what's weird is is whenever you go scroll down and you see all the comments of people who actually like it. Now, a lot of this is probably like brigading, you know, where they just hire a bunch of people to go in and talk about Here's one. It's probably fake. Man, this blew me away. Fierce. Like, fuck off. You don't, no one likes this song. <laughs> no one, nobody. This got really bad reviews. And it did. I, I couldn't find any, whatever your know, charts are these days. Um, it did say it made it. It was number 11. Well, one of the guys reviewing it, he said it's currently number 11 on, um, on Apple Tunes or whatever, iTunes. And... That was as much chart information as I could glean about this. Of that was the went. one that that Trump got on. That's the same. It was. I think. Yeah. I think that's the one he was on. Like the, the digital chart. downloads chart or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm George. I'm going to take your word for it that Dave is a funny show. But guess what? Damon's not fucking watching it after this. This guy can fuck all I the way. I was super off. interested whether you guys knew what this was. Like, part of me went, "Oh no, I've watched Dave before." You know, and I thought you would say that. Um, yeah, and and. As a side note, one more side note. Um, I did I did meet Dave um, uh, about two years ago because they did season I think one or two of the show here at the uh, at at our studio. They rented space from me, and I went and met with Jeff Schaefer and him. And they were looking around, and Dave clearly didn't know a lot about writers' rooms where we and Jeff Schaefer. I he and I talked, kind of knew the same people and whatever, and. And we're like, there's this big conference room and Dave comes in and he goes, yeah, we can just like throw some big bag chairs in here and just kind of throw ideas around. You've not <laughs> been in a writer's room. Mm-mm. The thing that's, that's disturbing me is I don't want to live in a world where this guy's successful. He's, he's an idiot. He's, a, he's an asshole. He's a television show. <laughs> you know, I don't even care if I sound like, you know, the grumpy old man. These kids who listen to this shit, are, I feel sorry for them. And I, I'm sure there's a percentage of them that have, have enough common sense to just, like, fucking walk away from this shit. But, man, music sucks so much in these days. It really does. I have more quotes. I'm not going to read them. This, but this, this, was, this was universally panned, though. As And I did watch a clip of him on Ellen trying to explain it. And it the just, song was panned? Yeah, it panned. No one liked it. I mean, it was okay. alive. All these. I mean, that one quote I read was my favorite one of all the bad <laughs> reviews of it. So... <laughs> But they, he was, I watched a clip of him on Ellen today trying to explain this and it was just, you know, it was just, it was awkward and no one quite understood it. It was just weird. Yeah. <laughs> and there's another one of these fake, see, that's the thing that's not connecting for me. It gets, it gets all these bad reviews and then all these people just piling on how much they love it. Here's a guy making a song that sends a message with multiple famous singers and with comedy is honestly some of the best stuff you can get in a song. There's no fucking way that's real. It also really misses the mark. Because, like you said, it's this. And I didn't think of this name, and you're right. It's, it's it's like elementary school playground humor of saying funny words like butthole and you know anus and you know, ha 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 and I'm a horny rhino and that shit. It sounds like a first grader wrote it, and it's very serious. And he's presenting it like very serious. When he's on Ellen, he's like, "Look, guys, we got to do something about this. We only have 12 years to fix this." Leo DiCaprio's on board, and he's really smart, and we got to get this done. Okay, now let's talk about a baboon's anus. Like it just doesn't connect at all 
Like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there you go. Suck on it. What's next? <laughs> All right, Jesus little Dicky and Earth. Thank you, George. <laughs> I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> All right, so Aaron, walk us up to my second torture, please. All right, for uh, torture number two. I don't know. I'll, I'll say this: since time travel uh, isn't a thing yet, and it's not <laughs> possible to stop future crime. Like uh, my main man, Thomas Jackson Cruz, Minority Report, <laughs> right. or crimes in the past like JCVD and Time Cop. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but if there was ever an issue that demanded technology get its act together, it's this. So hopefully the scientists are listening. So, <laughs> so think of it this way. Uh, before we take on using a time machine that they'll ultimately invent to go back and you know kill Hitler or something like that, we could test it by writing this horrible horrible wrong so what i propose is that so we get the we get the time machine and that we the gitmo bros go back to tuesday april 8th of 1975 to the dorothy chandler pavilion Mm. to visit the scene of the most heinous musical crime of the last century (laughs) (laughs) oh boy (laughs) so uh at the academy awards that that year oh the nominees for best song were Number one, the awful song that we're going to hear. So let's skip that for now. Benji's theme, parenthetical, I feel love. I listen to the song. It's the audio equivalent of a shrug. Uh, (laughs) Benji the dog? Like Benji? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Written by uh, Yule and Betty Box. Then there was Little Prince, uh, which I listened to. It's a a cure for insomnia. The Uh, book character? (laughs) No, it's the song Little Prince from the movie The Little Prince. Okay. Uh, music and lyrics, Freddie Lowe and Al Lerner. Then uh, Wherever Love Takes Me. Uh, and this, uh, I listen to that. It would be a cure for living too long. <laughs> uh, music and lyrics by Elmer Bernstein and Don Black. And then the song that got royally screwed, a song that's so good that it should have just won for the next nine years until Purple Rain came out. Just every year. Kept winning. Blazing fucking saddles. No. <laughs> Words and music by Mel Brooks and Johnny Morris. Yes. Now, though those were beaten by what we're about to listen to right now. And so as we listen to it, and uh, in a response to George's assault on us, this song <laughs> is two minutes and 11 seconds. <laughs> so let's listen to the song that beat all those songs, but more importantly, kept Blazing Saddles from winning an Oscar. Okay. So let's listen. Here we go. We may never love like this again. Don't Ouch. <laughs> Did you say this was 74? The song came out in 74, but it's, you know, how they do the Oscars the next year for 74. Oh, God. So it. they did it in 75. Um, this is our old friend. <laughs> this is, uh, what's her what's her nose? Now I can't even remember her fucking name. Maureen. Uh, the, Maureen McGovern. Oh, like Morning After. She did Morning yeah. After. Yeah, she sang The Morning After. Yeah. And then the next year, the next fucking year, she won another Oscar along with the singers, uh, with the writers Al Kasha and Joel Hershenson. We may never love this way again from the towering inferno. Wow. The towering inferno. She, she has to be sucking dicks all over town to win the Oscars two years ago. <laughs> it's just, it's just insane. I'm, it's just, insane. I'm sure she's talented, but there's got to be another component to this story. 
<laughs> Mel also lost that year. Uh, uh, Madeline Kahn was was nominated, uh, which is awesome for Blazing Saddles uh, for supporting actress. And then Mel also lost uh, along with Gene Wilder for best screenplay for Young Frankenstein. So it was a going. It was shaping up to be a banner year for him, <laughs> but uh, no dice. And this is what song is this? I've no, I've heard this before. This is a we may cover. never love this way again. We may never so, love like this again. Is what it says here. Yeah, so like this it's again. Not, yeah, I know I'll never love this way again, which is Dion Warwick. Right. This is we may this never love different. this okay. way again. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's already off to a beautiful start because, because this building's <laughs> burning. I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's some weird this disturbing imagery that she paints in this sort of maudlin, I guess a love song, but like she brings up fire in a way like 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 let's light a candle and let our dreams go fly away and like Yeah. <laughs> Candles how this whole thing started. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we know who started the fire, the inferno, if you will. Let's share a cigarette in bed. <laughs> let's talk about it. <laughs> so let's let the vanilla fudge Roll over us. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Don't stop the floor. We can't let go. It's not even a melody. <laughs> it's like someone someone just put down some chords and then you're, you're trying to grab onto a melody as, as it's going along, right? They probably did it like they did the last one, like the last minute. Oh, yeah. Didn't they stay up right. all night or something? Yeah. 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 This was the one that like, uh, this was try number 47 when they were staying up all night to write the other one, this is the one they discarded and they went, oh, look, we still have that piece of shit. So I think that what they're implying is in a time of great stress, people can like sometimes building. be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a towering inferno, <laughs> for instance, where people are thrown together under great stress. They love and feel very deeply. I don't think they love anybody. Like you just met them in a burning building. So you just <laughs> latch onto them. Yeah. So that's what they're implying, I guess. But like, the dichotomy is crazy to me. Like in the seventies, a beautiful era for really gnarly fucking movies, like hardcore movies that were box office fair. They weren't like art house movies. Like taxi driver was a movie movie. Truly when cinema was born, the modern cinema we know today, fucking all those movies are so gnarly. And then at the same time, in the same breath, this kind of music was big. It's, it's just bizarre. It sort of reminds me of my confusion about the new vaudeville singers is like in an era with fucking the greatest music in the world is being created. Also, this is happening. And it's so, it's so white. It's so yeah. fucking white, 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 white. Well, by the way, like, you know, even if speaking of Dionne Warwick or, or, you know, Roberta Flack or any, any good soul singer tried to sing this, it would suck too. I hate to break it to you. It's yeah. just a shitty song. And it would end up in the hands of like the fifth dimension or something. So right. it would just, it would still be fucking corny. Yeah. All right. Put this fucking thing on. All right. Here we go. Fuck. Here we go. <laughs> God, this yeah. is, and it's that luxury hippie chick voice that I hate mm -hmm. so much over enunciating yeah. and, and, you know, she's great at it too. Like she, she's like, mm. it's almost religious sounding like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. exactly. She could be singing to Jesus and it would be perfect. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> That's going to leave a mark. Yeah. 
Burn, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and here's where she talks about, the, the next line is where she talks about starting the fire. So like what I was thinking about when I was listening to her, I was like, well, she sounds like a nut. And I was like, oh, well, how about she's a lounge singer at the film, uh, like in the in the script, mm. and like what they what we don't see. I think it's like uh, an an elevator goes haywire and starts the fire in the in the in towering in front of the movie, and Paul Newman can't put it out. Mm-hmm. But what I like to assume is that that's a secondary blaze. The primary blaze <laughs> is. Courtesy of the fire starter Maureen McGovern, <laughs> where she like she she stubbed out a Carlton with a Micronite filter onto it, <laughs> onto a onto a, be, a Bev nap, <laughs> stuck it in the piano, and the whole thing went right up. In, the, in the in the in the lounge that's on the seventy first floor, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's called Top Seventy One or something. Or she right? can't drink because it makes because it makes her mean. So she's just sitting there like drinking a Roy Rogers out of a glass that looks like a boot. And just watching the whole thing burn. <laughs> All right. There's a candle in the dark. Yeah, there is. It's here to guide us. We may never love like this again. And the video, I mean, we've seen these so many times when you have these homemade videos. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's a bunch of people hugging stock photos of happy right. couples and stuff. I live on a fucking different planet than the people who make these videos, I swear. I don't know how you could listen to this and be wrapped up in, in a romance. Yeah, and feeling. feel emotion, aside from rage. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of something. Like, in, in, around 1975, um, like, Maureen, Maureen McGovern, what's her yeah. name? Maureen uh-huh. goes right. strutting in to lay dome and gets, like, the best table. And every producer and other person there goes, "Who the fuck is that? How did she get to sit there?" Like, "Oh, oh, she uh, that's just Maureen McGovern. She um, she sings um, she sings uh, songs from disaster movies." And you're like, "What, <laughs> dude? She was two for two. If she wins two Oscars for, oh well, all right, I guess. I mean, imagine that's your niche. That's that's. Yeah. I sing I sing uh over overly done schmaltzy songs for disaster movies, and and I kick ass at it. She's Tom <laughs> Hanksy in, in her award winning. Yeah, yes, she is. <laughs> What's the other one called? What's the other movie? Poseidon Adventure. Poseidon Adventure. That's first. That's like 73. And then this is 74. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, to your point, Georgie, she did put out a record shortly after this because it was just so ridiculous that she had all these award-winning movies. And the name of the album was just a compilation of her songs, of course, from films and then, and then other songs that were also in films. And it was called, And the Envelope, Please. Yes, yeah, she, she, uh, she, it was. She, it was like a, that actually happened. So did they go? Did somebody go? Someone must have gone. Get me the broad from uh, you know from the ship movie. Get that. Get the one that one last yeah. year. Get yeah. me her from yeah. this our disaster movie, and mm-hmm. we're gonna win. And they were right. She says, uh, "Let's reach the shore in that one in the water movie." Right. Yeah. And in the one where this on flames, she references the candle. Like these guys, like. You don't have to do any of that. Like, and she said, "Touch the sky too, right?" It's a tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. it's awful. And so, is it the same writers of both? Yeah, oh. those dudes. So the guys who wrote fucking, the book. Ugh. Oh, the book guys. No, I mean, it's, no, the songwriters. The same songwriters. For- those the same dudes. Oh, okay. So, the exact same dudes. Ugh. Yeah, wasn't there advice like to stay up all night? We were. We, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We write Put on some coffee. <laughs> Yeah. It's like a sketch on Bob and Dave, Mr. Show. It's like, we write songs about disaster movies and win Oscar. <laughs> Dude, the fucking Prem Gen, the Prem Gen could fucking knock out better lyrics just at a complete random. I heard Jaws is coming out. I'm going to write that song next. Yeah. yeah. 
lurking in the depths. <laughs> <laughs> like a doll's eyes. Like what? <laughs> Sometimes your love bites me. What a, what a crazy fucking just thing to have as your thing that you do. Like what? Yeah, Al and Gene or whatever their fucking names are, they were like one my memory from my my research from before was that they were they were missing a Tony, I think. That's it. But like otherwise fucking Egot City. They're missing talent too, by the way. Those guys have That's a true. house somewhere that this paid for. Yeah, they got <laughs> their itsy are their bitsy kids ranch. Do now or yeah. whatever. Ugh. Wait, TMZ guys here. <laughs> Hey, Damon, how about those disaster movies? <laughs> Two Oscars, huh? And then he, then he crashes. And yeah. Morgan, Morgan McGuffin is singing. On the I got the that. soundtrack to Concord. <laughs> I got a soundtrack to Airport 75, huh? <laughs> All right. And, but through the days, beyond the haze. What is she talking about? Beyond the hills? It's a rough hook she's doing. that. Imagine, you know, she's a pro, probably, right, in the studio, yeah. but still having to hear do a couple passes on that where they're like, no, we really need you to hit that. <laughs> it's it's as subtle as like a whip crack. Yeah. yeah. I'm just picturing someone buying this, actually going out and spending money on it. It's weird. Yeah. They would be in Georgie's mom's era, so her contemporaries, but I, I refuse to believe that your mother would ever have come near this, George. No, she so it would have been her this. era, though. She didn't know about this. And by no. the way, fucking Tommy Inferno, the movie was Best Picture nominee. That's what I'm. It's Paul Newman. I couldn't believe you said Paul Newman. I'm like, oh, and Steve McQueen, who they refused to be in the same scenes together. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Godfather uh, Deuce uh, won. Yeah, um, but they were giving noms to all kinds of people, like Frank Pantangeli got a nod. Yeah. Talia Shire got one. Like, I can see Talia, but you know, Frank. I don't yeah, know, I don't know. That, but... He's playing himself, right? I mean... <laughs> well, by the way, one degree of separation from Danny Aiello. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Michael Corleone says hello. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I don't know. It was maybe entertainment business was easier before. I, or some parts of it. Did they just have too yeah. many Oscar statues? They're like, we got to unload some of these things. They're just, you know, <laughs> clogging up the office or something. Now, I'm biased, obviously. All three of us are biased in, incredibly that the Mel Brooks song has all kinds of life in it. It's an anthem. It's a huge sounding song. It's a hook and a half. And it's funny, but it's not. But the song itself isn't funny. Like if you just if it was just for a Western, there's no jokes in it. So yeah. like if it wasn't attached to that, you just go, fuck, that's a huge song. And oh, nothing. It's actually about the movie that it's in. Right. And it makes, yeah, yeah. And it, and it has like just vibe to it and energy. All those other songs, which is why I was making snippy remarks about each one of them, they were all a snooze and a half. And then this one, the big winner, is just dog shit. And it almost feels like somebody said, it's good for Hollywood if we keep with the godfathers of the world. That's awesome. It did huge business, but Hollywood also makes these kinds of movies. So we're gonna we're gonna give the domination. What's harmless? Okay, best song. We're she gonna give it to last year. Just give it to her, right? Yeah, here. we don't have to change the plate on the on the Oscar. Use the same <laughs> the same one. If it was all a bunch of limp shit songs, oh fine. But like up against Blazing Saddles, Blazing Saddles, great fucking song. Yeah, it's like a perfect pastiche, right? Yeah, dude, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. All right, this this song is fucking horrible, but almost it, over. It, I hope. <laughs> well, it's it, it's two ten as Aaron said, and we're only at one eleven. So 
It feels like we've been listening for a long time. <laughs> Probably Jason thinks so. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Double shot. Oh, she's doubling down. Yeah, yeah. All right. Ponderous why they made that decision, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't white enough. We got to double up the white. Yeah, right. So we may never love this way again, but I'm sure we'll love again. <laughs> but not, but not this way. Not this way. We will love again, but not. That's you know, the difference. Not, not this, this way. way. We're never going to be in love at the top of a burning building. Yeah, we're not fifty fifty fourth floor uh, with my hair on fire, Surrounded loving again. Because I'll be in an infirmary at best. <laughs> we're gonna stop on the show going. Well, they have Oscars, and we don't. Fuck these songwriters. They're, they're bad at their job. It's just by some weird fluke, like some cocaine-fueled fluke that they won two years in a row. Fuck these guys. They're professional songwriters, and they're bad at it. And and this song is fucking terrible. You know? The song song is the musical equivalent of (laughs) when Jack Palance was doing push-ups. What the fuck is happening, dude? What is this? Right. What is what is happening to this? Or his appearance in Roger Waters' record. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of balance these days. The, what is it? The balance cast? <laughs> the Jack Shack? <laughs> the Jack Attack? <laughs> uh, all Now they're just putting the two contradictory lines on top of each other. Yeah. That's weird. Love again. That'd be funny if those two sets of voices started fighting with each other. (laughs) No, we won't ever love. You said we would. Yes, we will. (laughs) Not this way. What was the girl who stood at the side of the stage till her part came on? Because she's... Right. At the next year's talent show, she was uh, queued up for this one, too. Yeah, she said she could... Right, shut up. The carpenters must be pissed because it sounds like the carpenters, right? right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, They're uh, writing checks on carpenter stationery. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Says carpenters right up at the top there. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's just crap. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Damon, this is fucking brutal. They're both making me super angry. Yeah. You know, sometimes you could just kind of roll your eyes and laugh, but you know, you know, it's a bad song, but it it doesn't like trigger rage in you like this. These two are. Um, and seriously, guys, like we gotta stop giving people credit because they have a quote hit song. Fair, fine, they do, but that that doesn't make you go at the end of the of the segment go, well. I guess the song's not that bad because they have a Grammy. Fuck all of these professional songwriters, you know? <laughs> yeah. When the, when this is the fruit of their effort, yeah. Yeah. Fuck them. This makes the previous one sound like a masterpiece, you is know? Is this your second Maureen McGovern, Aaron, or did they yeah. do the other one? Yeah, yeah, no, I did it. Yeah. Okay. I was planning all along <laughs> that I, once I saw the first one, I was like, oh, my God. And then she followed it up the next goddamn year. It's yeah. insane. Oh. 
I mean, if yeah. there's still if there's still fruit on the tree, why not pluck it? Yeah, and that was that was the end of that was like November of last year or October or something. I had more than enough time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I got to figure this out here. All right. I have a decision to make, as we know, and the first one enraged me because they all thought they were funny and clever and cute and that guy's not funny i don't care what you say his show probably sucks i'll I'll never believe otherwise (laughs) um but i hate that lectury hippie lady voice and and i hate the fact that it won an oscar and those two you know fucking frauds songwriters (laughs) i i can't it's it's a tough one for me hmm which one has done more damage well i feel like they both were popular in their time I mean, that Earth song had like 10 billion hits or whatever. <sighs> and all those artists are really popular. So probably their fans kind of jumped in there too. Um, yeah. And, but then this song won an Oscar and it was, and it was you know, a big hit, I suppose, right? Like, wh- where did it go yeah. on the charts? It was, uh, uh, it was like number five on Easy Listening. And then it was like number 85 on the Hot 100, which I can only imagine was someone's attempt to define the word irony for people who have a tough time with it. It's not hot at all. <laughs> I mean, with the exception of the film being a fire building movie. itself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say just because I'm now living in the world where those, those earth fuckers uh, live <laughs> and that guy has a hit show and that, that, that makes, I can't tell you how livid I am because of that. Because he's not funny, he's not talented, no one can convince me otherwise. Yeah, the pain continues, because he has an entertainment career. He does. Huge one. Like, again, let the pros handle the butthole humor, you know? You're not good at it, dude. You, that song sucks. Uh, that stupid Maureen song's forgotten. It's in, it's a past thing. Like, no one on the planet except the idiots on Ear and Loathing are pulling that song out of the mothballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, uh... I think that uh, George is going to take it this week with Earth by the little Posse Dickie. of Shitheads. Yeah, Little <laughs> Dickie and his, and his idiot friends. Here we go. They owe somebody $800,000. Eight on the Earth, 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 Earth. Baboon Hole. Damon. <laughs> DJ Hung. <laughs> <laughs> burning building, burning building. <laughs> Ugh. All right, fuck all those people. I totally mean, the whole the whole group of them. I love the idea of the battling McGoverns, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can somebody animate the battling McGoverns? Yeah. Yeah, like like Blazing Saddle style. Have it fall into George's song too. Like they fight through that song, and then they roll into Little Yachty's song. I want um, global warming to start a building on fire that all of those people are in, and they all die. <laughs> that Scooter Braun is in. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, there you go, guys. That fucking sucked. It did. <laughs> you guys are cruel and unusual. 58 in, we've got to be good at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. That was uh, pro torture for sure. You guys know what you're doing. And you know who else knows what she's doing to, uh, you know, talk us off the ledge? That would be Majel Bear Brit, And she's going <sighs> to just calm us down a little bit. Here we go. Thank God. Fuck. Sorbet. Wella Balsam. Yeah. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> shampoo. And Majel told two friends. Gee, your hair smells terrific. <laughs> and they tell two friends, they tell two friends too. <laughs>
And so on and so on. Your turn. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to take you boys back to 1981. And you yeah. guys have, you know, broke the seal, pulled the cord on a lot of great bands. I mean, Aaron did one last week with Mr. David Bowie. Aaron did NXS. George did the Cars and, and the Beatles. I mean, we're you guys have covered a lot. I've, I think I've hit a couple. I, I tend to go a little more obscure just because I think that's that's fun. But point being is that uh, I think it's my turn to, to uh, break the seal on something. And I'm going to start this song. I think you're going to recognize it right away. And then uh, I'm going to send you guys lyrics. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Here we go. 1981. <laughs> Obviously, a dog knows it. George, are you recognizing this? Oh, not so far. I do not know it. Okay, when the singing starts, I'm pretty sure you'll okay. you'll get it. But here we go. the bass and the yeah, hi-hat work should, should so great. give you a little clue of who, what we're listening to. George? Is it the police? It's the police. Finally, someone's saving Sting. Finally, someone's releasing him from the hell we put oh, him in. Oh, I know. That's right, we have. We, well, the reason yeah. why we pile on him so much is just because this fucking music was superlative. Like, yeah. some of the best music ever created was the police. And then he just fell into a, you know, a volcano. Mm-hmm. Um, so, George. <laughs> I don't know this song. What is this? this? Yeah, this is a, a Stuart Copeland song. And it's the last song on the Ghost in the Machine album, my favorite uh, police album, by the way. Mm-hmm. And the song is called Darkness, which is uh, probably appropriate because Ghost in the Machine is probably their darkest album. So Stuart wrote it. Sting, as usual, reluctantly sang it. But I've never heard Sting really comment. The only other police band member song he's ever commented on was the, the Andy Summer song, Behind My Camel, which is from the previous album. It actually won a Grammy for Best Instrumental. <laughs> and Sting hated it so much, A, he refused to play on it, and B, buried the tape in the yard behind the recording studio. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's so funny to me. Talking about a band fight? Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, so he did not like doing the other guy's songs. It was just clearly. But if you listen to his performance here, his bass, obviously, and then also his yeah. vocal performance, I mean, it's just so creepy and so dark, and it fits the mood of the song perfectly. Obviously, the song's called Darkness, so there's a real... It goes beyond melancholy. I mean, if if you ask me, I sent you guys the lyrics, I mean, this is a guy, whether he realizes it or not, Stuart Copeland, who wrote it, is writing a song about like pretty bad depression. Yeah. I always thought this sounded like sting lyrics it seemed like stewart was backing off his his interest in being quirky or making it reference heavy it's just a statement in fact he's not talking about wombats and stuff yeah exactly so it's talking it's well within the temperature of the rest of the record you know miss kredenko off the next record is 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 a good example of that where like it but that's a great song you know what i mean but like i mean this is i always love this fucking song loved it so so much 
It fits right in with Secret Journey, which is which it's up against in the record. Like it sits perfectly with that song, which is a testament to Stuart. Yeah, the last two. Aaron's referring to the last two songs on the album. Like they're very, very creepy and dark, and almost like you know you're, you're listening to them from across a, a desert or something. You know, right? What are the right. other songs on Ghost of the Machine? Um, the ones you know are uh, "Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic," "Spirits right. in the Material World," "Invisible Sun." Ah. Um, those are the three kind of most known songs. And then like one world is on there. And I know all those. Yeah. Rehumanize yourself. Oh yeah. That too. Demolition man. Demolition this was man. the record they were arguing a lot, right? I feel like I've seen a, a thing, a, a, not a documentary, but comments about the, every little thing does is magic. And they're in the studio. The problem was the, well, I don't, I guess, I'm guessing Damon's going to arrive at this, but there was some, there was some kerfuffle because Sting started doing fully fledged demos away from the band. And That's coming what in it was. Being right. Right. Very okay. prepared. I think the real moment of existential moment of whether they wanted to continue as a band happened on the next record, which was Synchronicity. Yeah. But it started here for sure. Like Aaron said, like Sting was like, I can just kind of do all of this stuff myself. I really don't need these other guys' input. I mean, judging by his solo music and our conversation about Roger Waters and Pink Floyd last week, yes, Sting, you did need those other he guys. Did. He right. certainly did. <laughs> but in his mind, you know, and he was proven right that he kind of like just walked into a successful ongoing solo career. So, you know, in, on that level, he's right. He didn't need these guys, but. But you can make hits, yes. Yeah. But the weight and, and depth of the police music to me is far more because it's the three of them putting their vibe on it. You know? Yeah, and right doesn't mean doesn't mean it's not Sting's table. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> always wants to change chemistry like that when you, when it's you're never going to find it again. You're never going to. Yeah. And I, you yeah. know, yeah. If we were in hit bands, maybe we'd know. But it's just it's everybody wants to do that, and that's the way it goes. Right. That's what this yeah. is the glorious thing about even begrudging band relationships. They're glorious, like the friction that it creates, the diamond that it can create. Right. Yeah. Is 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 shockingly amazing, and it's so often is like even the worst enemies would have to begrudgingly listen back and go, yeah, well, you know, it wouldn't have been like that had I got my way completely. Right. Yeah. So the, I guess what there's the things to be listening for, like uh, obviously Sting's got that giant bass <laughs> basically sitting on the entire song, which it needs to be. It's that great with a big chorus effect on it or something. Now, Stuart's doing something interesting. I'm pretty sure Joey's going to text us after the show drops and tell me I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Stuart's playing uh, just a hi-hat and a kick drum throughout, and that's panned over to the left side, his performance, and then they're sending a delay over to the right side. So it sounds like two different drummers are playing at the same time, but I'm pretty sure either that or it's two performances, but I I listened to it very closely, and I'm pretty sure it's um, it's a delay. So, but it's really neat if you listen in the in the headphones. You've got like the the bass drum ping ponging back and forth from the left and right, and then uh, the hi hats are answering each other too. So it's pretty cool. Um, and then Andy's basically creating ambiance with really kind of like reverby atmospheric guitar, kind of heavy, like a lot of distortion on it to the point where, as the song progresses a couple times. There's some sort of sound effect that happens where it's like a like a thunder crashing or something, mm-hmm. and I I'm gonna assume that's like Andy coming up with a guitar part. You know where you can like hit a guitar, and if you have enough effects on it, it's gonna sound like a you know right yeah right. And I'm wondering if that's what he did, or if they if they kind of called up a, a Moog uh, effect or something. Either way, it's it's really cool, and it just adds to the kind of creepy mood of this of this song. It's like a dreary rainy day, and then all of a sudden this big thunderclap comes in, and and it, I don't know. 
masterful creation of a mood in this song. And that keyboard that's playing all the way through, that sounds like a very Stuart Copeland uh, piano part. And that's that's one of those things like the police were were just utter craftsmen at coming up with almost like a drone of a riff or something. Like there's some songs they do that just don't have a lot of variation, but you don't care. Because it's right. it's such it's creating such a atmosphere, yeah, yeah, such an atmosphere and such a, a tapestry. Because you know, with all three of them doing three different things, but all the way through a song, it's it's hypnotic, you know. Yeah, and and to watch, and they would pull it off live with pedals. Like Sting was operating always with bass pedals, uh, yeah. So that in addition to the the sort of intricate groovy bass work and the high 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 melody, he could be delivering the loops as well. Yeah. With those little crazy tennis shoes and his watch. <laughs> his watch, yeah. And and Stewart was triggering delays live to you know, mm-hmm. to add uh yeah, yeah. delay and stuff on his on his snare drum and, and his hi hat and stuff. So they were all working the effects for sure. And then Andy had that as the um the that synthed out guitar that he used later on on Synchronicity a lot, but like where it's really it could do a million things. There's even some weird like ragged sacks from time to time that comes around. So you can clearly say that Sting got more involved with this. Like he must have begrudgingly fell into it. It was like, ah, yeah. I'm into it. You're right. I love the sax coming through. It's almost like, you know, that that Beatles sound collage from the White Album yeah. called Revolution 9. And then you, he, Lennon and the engineers just had these tape loops going and he would feed them in and out. And so it's that Sting kind of manic saxophone comes in once in a while and it's all distorted and creepy and weird. It's really cool. So well, let's, that, let's get a little more. Is there one time yeah. with the snare, Damon? Right where where Stuart goes back, back. Yeah, exactly. Just, but that's the one time it shows up. Yeah, right. That's coming in out of the the instrumental bit. I think he does I love it. That shit. And it and it's paired with that thunder sound mm-hmm. effect too. So it's just like it totally blows your mind when it happens. Jim Lad should have played this on headsets. <laughs> totally, but it, but it's not black, 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 black. Separate, separate, but good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's keep going here. Yeah, these lyrics are fantastic. Yeah. Sounds like a relationship dis- dissolving, and he said that he could yeah. be replaced by some... I'm living in, I am darkness now, and somebody else who's even just a little bit brighter can take my place. I'm glad you said that because this song doesn't, it's virtually impossible to find information on this song. If anything, when reviewers are talking about the album, they just sort of say, oh yeah, and there's a couple songs at the end that are pretty good. They don't, they, mm-hmm. no one dives into it. Um, so I had to kind of turn to like YouTube comments and stuff to see if anyone had any insights. And this one guy said something. Uh, that I'm going to quote underneath the the video of, of the audio. He was talking about how he heard the song when he was first 17. I guess he's in his 50s now. Mm. And he said, the first time I heard darkness, I felt like I was finally holding hands with loneliness. Oh! Yeah. I was brokenhearted with a song they called Darkness, but it was better than being brokenhearted alone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, that pretty yeah. much sums it up. And, and also yeah. goes back to my sort of interpretation of this deep dark depression that this this right. narrator is going through yeah. can you imagine like i think that sting was also going through divorce at this time and and, and Stu and andy all got divorced i think around this time yeah true and yeah sting like 
as we said, he didn't like to do the other guy's songs, but he must have had some connection to this because he's singing it. The high harmony is so shrill and yeah. it's such an off-putting note, but it's perfect because it adds to the kind of the two parts not connecting, but it, like that's, that's sort of for a key to a door that's wide open. Wide open. Yeah. Yeah. And it was explained to me that it sounds like he's, and I'm, I'm probably getting this wrong to all the, the, the musos out there, nerds, but he's singing the, the main melody is a pretty standard Stuart melody, but then the harmony Sting chooses to put on top of it is like a fifth of that, of that note line instead of a third. Cause like the third kind of sounds more natural, but when you have a fifth and a first without the one in the middle, it can be a little bit off kilter sounding. Uh, I could be wrong about that. Like Aaron Shows is going to scold me for what I just explained, but you know, I, I think it just really comes down to like odd n- note choices. And I, I always wondered if Sting is like kind of mad at Stuart as well, <laughs> you know, just because he doesn't want to sing his song. And, Probably and Stu- yes, Stuart yeah. <laughs> pisses him off all the time anyway. <laughs> and so he's singing with that with real kind of like shrill anger, which which is adding to the to the mood of the song, you know. It's interesting that Stuart has this beautiful song on this record where it's, and it's a Stuart song and it's only, it's like 90% hi-hat, but then (laughs) on the next record, he and Sting got into a knife fight because he tried to add more hi-hats to every breath you take. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he said he would come back from wherever they were. And Sting erased the hi-hat part that Stuart had recorded. <laughs> he didn't just mute it on the board. He, like, erased it. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, that, that I always love that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Darkness makes me fumble for a key to a door that's wide open. I mean, it almost reminds me of that that uh, everything but the girl song that we. That's did. right. I was going to say that. Yeah, absolutely. Like you're going, you're looking. It's really almost the same exact line. Yeah, close. It's about a key. Yeah, and and the one the other one, I think it's he dropped it on the floor and so, or something. This one is like, hey, the door's open. What are you looking for the key for? The, the solution's right there. Just walk through the right. door. But when you're depressed. You can't see the solution that anybody else who isn't depressed is telling you about, right? Yeah, or yeah, or you say, "Well, I, I'm so depressed, I can't bear with like." So, say if the answer that's wide open is leave the band or leave the marriage, it's like, "Well, how's that helpful?" That's <laughs> right. taking away everything that I understand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yes, it is the good idea though, because you should rip the bandaid off. But gee, that's no answer, right? Um, I think. We're going into the instrumental bit where there's really what it the only change really is Andy's adding more guitar effects and stuff, which is really cool. But then at the, as it comes out of the section, George is when is when Stuart does those two hits, and then the big thunder crash comes too. So it's cool. Check it out. Oh, it must be at the next part. But we did hear the thunder. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the snare hits come later. Here we go. My clothes, I could be someone that nobody knows. I wish I never yeah, so there he's to me, he's talking about leaving the band. 
Like if the, if the answer, the answer to the end of my depression is leaving the band instead of worrying about my clothes, like for a photo shoot, if I left this band, I would just be a composer and no one would give a shit who I was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good point. Yep. Dude, I wonder if Sting is putting some effort into this because he believes that Stewart wrote it about him. Because it very easily could have been written about Sting, Sting Stewart's impression of his bandmate and his life. Because he was just like living in this, you know, like he was really getting a head turning into a heady sort of depressive person, is what it always seemed like. And so, like maybe he thought, oh well, he's writing this about me, or I can, I can relate. He can certainly relate to it. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. there's that classic story about. Uh, McCartney was playing Lennon Hey Jude for the first time <laughs> and Lennon thought it was about Lennon <laughs> he, like he was as if Paul was singing to John um, and Paul goes no it's about me actually <laughs> not everything's about you <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, you could sit, maybe make the same argument that Sting thought hey Stuart wrote that song for me and Stuart's like well I kind of wrote right. it about myself but you're welcome to <laughs> interpret yeah, it we're about both living life. in this we both have the same exact problem each other yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was the one with the with the Beatles with John. I mean, Paul said the movement you need is on your shoulder. He goes, "I'm going to change that bit." Doesn't make any sense. And, and John goes, "I know what it means." Right? Yeah, that's the <laughs> same. You got to yeah. keep it. I know what that means. That's hey, dude. Yeah, because Paul's like, "Yeah, it sounds like a parrot or something is on my shoulder." And and and, he, and and John's like, "That's the best line in the song." I know what you mean. Leave it in there. <laughs> All right. By the way, we just passed the uh, the saxophone bit, but there m- another one might come in. Yeah, there was the. Dr- did you hear that snare? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's so even under that like murk of of effects and and ambiance and everything, you can still tell it's Stuart Snare, right? Oh my god, yeah, like you could tell that was him. It's so weird. It's just hitting a drum, and it's like so clearly him. Yeah, <laughs> how can that have personality? But like, it's the tune of it. It's the you know, it's just so clearly him. Yeah, and not a choice to do it there too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Listen to that high harmony. It's like so angry, but I love it. Fucking rad, dude. Life was easy when it was boring. So yeah. like, clearly, like, just either get out of the band or, like, you know how sometimes people believe that uh, a combustible relationship or one that has a lot of passion or fight is good in some kind of way? Yeah. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. For who? Jesus Christ. Yeah. There's someone in my life who's um longtime musician and is just tired of the hustle and the grind of like, you know, having to find gigs and, and pay your fucking rent. And this person is looking for a full-time job and it's kind of the same mentality. Like, I just want a boring job. I just want, I want things right. to be boring because it's just too much stress going on. Right. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And there's, it's, it's a pity because the juice is strong enough that it keeps you on this other path, but then you can occasionally wake up from it and go, oh my gosh, I, I just can't do what this needs me to do anymore. Yeah. And imagine if you're carrying the weight of like, you've got a crew, you've got a band, you've got contracts, you've got da 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 da. Like, you can't leave because you'll be sued for fucking up the machine or something, you know, like where you're forced to be with people that you just can't take anymore. But from that comes two of the greatest albums that have ever been made by anybody. I mean, his fucking brother's the manager too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, that can't be, that's also got to add to this. And his other brother's the agent. Um, tell, tell me something. Uh, when, when I hear that, it, it seems that it is influenced by Peter Gabriel and then influences what Peter Gabriel's about to do. Does it sound that way to you? I can hear that. Was it Shock the Monkey? Had that come out yet in 81? Right around then, yeah. Or was it maybe a, little, a couple years after? 79 or 80, I thought was maybe that. I don't know, but I was thinking of Games as Frontier. It just sounds, there's something about that that sounds like Peter Gabriel to me, but then it also sounds like what he was going to do on So. It sounds like he listened to that and then did something, then he made So. It sounds very much like that. It's hard for anyone. I mean, I realize that Stuart's not English, but he kind of (laughs) is. He's an honorary Englishman and, and he, no one does fucking misery quite like the English. You know, yeah, or, yeah, it's, it's a rainy and gray all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and it is a, it's a rainy gray. They they Dreary. default to rainy gray very easily, and and do it so and and with such great poetry most of the time. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. not. It doesn't seem maudlin to me. There's a style of doing it that the English got. You're right. Awesome. He is an honorary Englishman the way the way Chrissy is too. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No yeah. one would. I, yeah. No one out there would argue with that. I wouldn't think. Right. Yeah. You're right. I wonder if. Um, I know Phil Collins worked with Hugh Padgham, who co-produced this album, but with the police, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, shouldn't Hugh Padgham have a line of pajamas? I just feel like this <laughs> <laughs> super soft, like reach over. Are those pajams? Yeah. <laughs> are the, oh my pajamas. god, those are pajams. Checking the tag. Oh wow, those are. <laughs> he calls them the Padge Pajaj. <laughs> Papajams. <laughs> Pajajams. <laughs> Thank so, you. <laughs> but did, did did Hugh Padgham work with Peter Gabriel? Because maybe that's the connection. Um, yeah, yeah, because it was it's it's yes, absolutely. Because the when they came up with that big compression drum that Phil Collins is actually playing was Hugh Padgham doing the session for the Peter Gabriel record. Oh well, there you go. There maybe yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah. what I'm hearing. Yeah. yeah, great song though. I thanks for introducing. I, I I never heard that or had any idea of it. Yeah, the last song on on Ghost in the Machine. I now the police never performed it live. One of Stewart's many, you know, dozens of bands that he's in, one called Gizmodrome. Uh, I saw a live version of them doing it. It was perfectly serviceable. It was Stewart on drums and Adrian Ballou on guitar and Mark King from Level Forty Two. Oh, nice was on bass and singing lead vocals, and wow. it's it's perfectly good. I mean, if I was at that concert and they did that song, I I'd have a boner for sure. But it's you know you just can't you can't top the original with those three guys playing on it. You know, well in that moment in time, which you guys were talking about and what was between all of them. Yep, and that's in there. You can feel it in there for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, well there you go, boys. A little sorbet for you. It's well trodden territory to bring it up, but like it's so funny to me when that, that like a band like that ended up so combustible, and they are a rocking trio that lives and breathes, and when they are best, it's because they jam a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And they're, yeah. they're so yeah. fractured and so egoed out. Like you know, it's like it's 
it's a magical thing that they lasted at all. So can I make this observation too before this little segment is over? Um, if you've ever watched any live police slash live sting, have you ever seen a drummer make him groove as a like dancing performer bass player more than Stuart Copeland? No. No, Never. Not, you watch that guy play with the police. It doesn't matter what era, early days or towards the end. He's always swinging his bass around. He's always moving his ass. He's his whole body is moving. And then when you watch Sting live now, he just sort of stands there like a you know, just like a very serviceable but boring performer. You know, I think with Stewart, Stewart's fucking Stewart, but I always thought too that Stewart's always playing way faster than Sting wants him to play, and so he has to he uses his body to keep up, and then inside of that, the the music becomes more exciting. Like until it got to the return when they came back, where yeah. many of those songs were slowed down because Sting was just like probably you know I'll walk out the door if you don't fucking yeah. slow it down. <laughs> Yeah, how did that reunion go? Like that was that was what like fifteen years ago when yeah, they first did it. Yeah, it was very successful. It? I mean, financially, yeah. two thousand seven, two thousand eight. No, I knew it was successful, but how did it? How did they? Did they all just want the money? How did they get him well, in? Well, the- they they went. It was all Sting deciding. He just woke up one day, which is how that happens with them. Oh, yeah. You know, he just woke up one day and he said it would surprise people if we did this, and also it was probably conveniently placed near some lost loot money. Because <laughs> <laughs> fuck, they did like Dodger Stadium and stuff, right? Yeah, I was like, there. They, 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 yeah, 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 did yeah. a bunch of laps around the world, and and they yeah. they became close again after having a real rough time of it. I, apparently, they had therapy as a band, or at least Stu and and Sting did near the beginning of the tour because they needed it and had it and got it and worked well and realized they loved each other. Oh, that's good. It's good to hear. Wow. It wasn't happy musically, though. I don't think Stuart in particular, but Andy even, were that thrilled with the arrangement Sting was sort of stuffing down their throats. And in fact, if anything, they all three walked away with, as Aaron just said, we're, we care more about each other as, as friends and maybe, you know, even nostalgically thinking about themselves as guys who created this, this great thing together. But we're not going to make any more music together. It's just, it's just not worth it. It's just, it's too stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's Stuart's book, he has a book out a couple of years ago that really good. But then he's of the three of them, he's the one who's really documented what happened on the tour and really what the dynamic was. And uh, basically, at one point, Stuart just said, called Sting in his hotel room on, while they're on tour, and he goes, "Look, man, we we've only got a couple shows left." I'm just going to cut loose and just do whatever I want on stage like the old days. And you can be mad at me all you want, but I just want to... want to go out on my feet, baby. <laughs> when will this ever happen again? Yeah. Yeah, I want to feel what this band feels like. And Sting said, okay, and was really cool about it. And then I think that he's Stuart's theories that they both felt untethered at that point. So it just became much more pleasant because they both knew this was the end of the road, you know? And then after that, Sting went to Dodger Stadium and he buried all of Stewart's drumsticks <laughs> in the center field. In a huge... <laughs> He's buried all... He never played again because he buried all of his drumsticks. He couldn't play anymore. <laughs> I love that during the rehearsal for this for that tour, Stewart was doing his usual crazy stuff, you know, making Sting nuts and playing crazy busy fills. But he's having fun. He's trying to find out where he is in the arrangements and stuff. And he does this thing that's fucking bananas and Sting stops him and just is laughing at him. But Stewart doesn't want to give it up 
as funny and he's going and he's pointing his stick at stick going that's gonna be on the fucking cover of fucking drummer fucking magazine (laughs) (laughs) no 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 answers to how a phil could be on the cover of the magazine but his point was made (laughs) right it's funny but I'm sticking by my theory that Sting, if you're listening, because I know you're a, a yeah. EAL fan for sure. Of course he is. Um, you, no one has ever made your ass move like Stuart Copeland. Yeah. For, you know, his groove makes the whole fucking world dance. And I, I know yeah. you know that and you will never admit it, but I'm pointing it out here. Stang. He knows it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There you go, boys. Episode 58. It. We have accomplished something today. It was... The Incredible. <laughs> you could call it the superstar of episodes. <laughs> superstar Terry Cashman. Oh, I superstar love it so much. <laughs> so we're gonna see you next time on. Uh, wait, let me check the time to make sure Jason isn't too bummed out. Oh man, I'm sorry, dude. We'll work on it for next time. I promise. All right. So speaking of next time, we'll see you guys on the next episode of Ear and Loathing. We are the Gitmo Bros, the number one rockers forever, and we are now signing off. Bye! Goodbye. Ear and Loathing. Flesh Torpedo. Mom! Take it easy. Lower it. I'm not going to lower it. I have to do this now. I don't mind you playing it, but lower it. Tune in next time for more Ear and Loathing. End transmission. Goodbye.